Jones. Lead you to where you are today. I believe in storytelling. Gonna make you a star. I'm still trying to figure that out. Hey guys, they were out of Snickers. No! But, um, I got these invites to Agape Feast. Instead. Are you sure you're awake? Merry Christmas, one and all. This will be a sign unto you, a child wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. For unto us a child is born, the Savior of the world. And the heavens opened up with heavenly hosts, singing and praising to God. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men and goodwill. Welcome to Reach You Baptist Church. My name is John Christopher, and this is a glorious day. So, so often, Christmas Day is on a different day of the week, and this year, it's fantastic, it's on a Sunday. So we all get to celebrate the birth of our Lord here in his house. This is absolutely wonderful. If you haven't been, if you haven't been, to, if you're new here to uh, Richard Baptist Church, or if you're visiting, please take a moment to fill out a visitor information card. You'll find them in the seat in front of you or up, up in the pews. We'd love to have a record of your visit, and if there's anything we can pray for you, that would be wonderful for us to do. Make sure that before you leave today, you get a bulletin. It has everything that's happening at this church, and of course, there's an awful lot going on here all the time, and if you don't have one of these, you're going to get left out, and you don't want to get left out, so grab one, take it home, and peruse it. It would be great. As you saw in the weekly word there, next Sunday is going to be a very special day. Of course, next Sunday is... New Year's Day, of course. So, we get to be here to start the new year off right. So, the balcony will be closed next Sunday. And we will all meet down here on the main floor. And not only will we, we be having communion, but all of us will be bringing a breakfast brunch dish. Me, I am going to bring what I served my family this morning which is breakfast in a crock pot. You'll love it. It's really good. 
my, my son uh, likes to get the backhoe and, uh, you know, onto the plate, so you'll all love it. So that's next Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope you would are too. After the service today, we like to keep the sanctuary as a place where people can reflect on the word, to pray, and to just spend some, some quiet time with God. So we'd ask that all of you who would like to commiserate with each other, please exit to the foyer and grab a cup of coffee or a tea and have a wonderful time talking together. And let's leave the sanctuary as a place of quiet reflection after the service. Thank you very much. And now, if you all bow your heads, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, this is great. We are in your house on the day your son was born. Thanks and praise be to God for this. What a wonderful day to celebrate the birth of your son couldn't be any better. We thank you, Lord, that your son came to earth, who assumed human identity, and who showed us the way we could live, and how we should live. It's so wonderful, Lord. Thank you for your son, who willingly went and died on the cross so that we could have everlasting life. Help us today to listen to the words that are being spoken, Help us today to understand what is being spoken and let us take it home in our hearts and apply it to the next week. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be together as a church family because we are family. See us home today afterwards and give us a great day with family and friends and just celebrate this day with you. For all these things and many, many more left unsaid, Amen. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I hope uh, you had a good time last night, and uh, we did celebrate the birth of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ means Savior. A Christ means anointed one, and uh, he's the Messiah for whom the world has been waiting for. So we are celebrating the day we have to be, we have to rejoice. We have to be happy, glad. Okay? All right. And uh, I want to just uh, introduce you to our new pianist, uh, Rochelle Bayron. She's helping us today, and she's been very thankful. Yeah, very helpful. Thank you, Rochelle. Okay.
save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you that you deliver will soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby boy would inside you a blind man Mary did you know that your baby boy would come a storm with his hand did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels walk and when you kiss your little baby then you've kissed the face of God Mary did you know The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will live, the dumb will sing, the praises of the land. Mary, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. For today the Lord God Almighty has found favor with you. He has chosen you to bear his son, whom you will call Jesus Christ. He will be mighty throughout all the lands, and his name will endure throughout all generations. He will be called the rock of all ages, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father the Prince of Peace, the Lamb of God. For His sacrifice will be great. He will be crucified to a cross. He will shed His blood to wash away all our sins. He will be our friend, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Healer. For the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will live, and the dumb will swing, the praises of the land. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nation? Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect land? And the sleep child you're holding is the great heart.
has come to bring light into the darkness he has come to bring freedom to the captives he has come to restore the broken hearted it's time to proclaim the year of the Lord prepare the Till he appears and 
Christmas. Um, my name is Bart Netterfield. I'm a professor at University of Toronto. I teach astrophysics. And well, we're going to do a little bit of astrophysics. Yes. And what can be more Christmassy than astrophysics? Yes. My, my son has got his head down. He's not so sure. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about John's Christmas story. starts out like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and this life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there's this incredible statement there. Through Him, all things were made. 
And without him, nothing was made than has, that has been made. Now, when you say that to an astrophysicist, he says, oh, well, let me tell you about what has been made. Well, a lot. Now, we know about the world, so let's go on from there. Um, let's see. You, you know the universe is big? Like, really, really big? Well, let's kind of get a picture of how big the universe is, because that's something I like to do, because I'm an astrophysicist. So let's imagine we scale the universe down by a factor of 10 billion. Now, we don't really know what 10 billion looks like. It's just a number with lots of zeros, but okay. We're going to make the sun squished all the way down to 14 centimeters, kind of like the size of a somewhat anemic cantaloupe. All right, there we go. We got a cantaloupe. Not a nice big, big one, but a smallish kind of anemic cantaloupe. There's the sun. Uh, if we did that, if we shrunk the sun down to the size of kind of anemic cantaloupe, the sun that Christ made, um, how big do you think the Earth would be? Okay, it would be 1.3 millimeters in diameter. Okay, so there we go. In this picture here, we see the big thing there in the back. That's the sun. That's our cantaloupe. Um, and then the little arrow there is pointing to the Earth, and the little dot next to it is our moon. You got Venus to the left. Oh yeah, we see Jupiter and Saturn, which are really big, except for compared to the sun. Wow, like the Earth is little, right? Compared to those things. All things were made through him, including that giant sun and the not as giant Jupiter. Okay, well, okay, all right. So the sun is a star. The earth orbits the sun. Goes around it once a year. That's what a year is. The earth going around the sun once. Um, how far from the earth, how far from the sun is the earth's orbit in the scaled down universe? We've scaled everything down by a factor of 10 billion. And so the sun is this kind of anemic cantaloupe and the earth is one of the little cake decorations. How far away is it? in the scale universe. It's about 15 meters away. So kind of like across the sanctuary away. So we've got the sun, the cantaloupe over there, this, the cantaloupe's over there. Uh, Sabina's holding the cantaloupe, you can see it. And then over here, we've got, um, I guess Dan has the little cake decoration, you know, little ones that come off of the uh, Christmas Timbits, which Christmas, you know, I'm talking a little red, no, I'm talking about Tim something or other, I don't eat donuts, whatever. Okay, sorry. All right. So there are eight planets, there used to be nine, then Poor old Jupiter, uh, Pluto got demoted, so there's only eight planets now. Neptune is the furthest away planet in the scale model of the universe. How far do you suppose Neptune's orbit would be? Astrophysics is fun, isn't it? Yeah, okay. All right. In the scale universe, Neptune's orbit would be... There's a little pebble in Joe and Heather's parking lot. Right? See over there? Where is there at the church? Down across the street at Whittacombe sort of apartment buildings in the parking lot, a little pebble, that's Neptune in the scale universe. And what's in between here and there? Well, there's just eight planets, which are like little rocks, and that's it. Solar system is really big, and there's an awful lot of space in it. That's why they call it space, because there's a lot of space. It's true. All right. Uh, now, of course, the sun is not the only star in the sky, right? I mean, I like to say on a dark night in Toronto, you can see all seven stars. Um, the nearest star is called Alpha Centauri. Um, in their scale universe, how far away is Alpha Centauri? Anybody want to just take a guess? If, if Neptune is in Joe and Heather's parking lot, how far away is the nearest star? Hamilton. Hamilton. Ooh, okay. <laughs> how about Juno, Alaska? 
And so, okay, so the sun and its solar system is here, kind of in the neighborhood. And then the nearest star is in Juneau, Alaska. And between here and there, what is there? Saskatchewan. No. <laughs> I, I mean, no, nothing, nothing. Okay. <laughs> I really like Saskatchewan. I spent three wonderful January and Februarys there because we we're trying to get to a really cold place and a better place to go in Saskatoon. Um, okay. Uh, near, of course, the sun and Alpha Centauri are not the only stars in the sky. And if you actually manage to escape from Toronto on a really dark night, you can see this, the Milky Way. And I hope everyone's seen the Milky Way because it's so utterly amazing. And you see this glowing band across the sky. And you say to yourself, what is that glowing band? What is that glow? It looks like some kind of cloud, doesn't it? A cloud of, what is it? A cloud of? No, it's a cloud of stars. Imagine if you, if you look through a, you know, a, a microscope at a normal cloud, you'll see it's made up of water droplets. This is a cloud not made of water droplets, but of stars, like the sun. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Here is what the, the, our galaxy might look like from outside. This is the nearest um, galaxy to the Earth, called the Andromeda Galaxy. That is a cloud of a couple hundred billion stars. That glowing? So that, that glowing is individual stars, a hun hundreds of billions of them. How many is a hundred billion stars, right? I can't even picture that number, but I can picture a dump truck. A dump truck has a hundred billion grains of sand in it. So roughly speaking, you know, depending on how big those grains of sand are, that's about how many stars there are in the Milky Way galaxy. All things were made through him, Jesus Christ, born in a manger, made the Milky Way galaxy with hundreds of billions of stars, that many stars. Okay. Each one of those stars with worlds around it. Giant, giant planets like Jupiter, small planets like Earth, everything in between, who knows. Now, it wouldn't surprise you to learn that our galaxy is not the only galaxy in the sky, neither is Andromeda. Um, this is, I think, one of the coolest pictures ever taken. This is the... Uh, it's called the Ultra Deep Field from the Hubble Space Telescope. And you look at this and you say, oh, what is this? Okay, um, that's what you might say, right? Oh, what is this? Okay, so we've got to, pick, got to set this up. Um, anybody do photography here? You know about exposure times on your camera? Um, this is a one-week exposure through a two-meter telescope. If you notice, in this picture, there are galaxies, right? So let's zoom in. Oh yeah, see? Galaxies. And if you keep zooming in, you find out that everything in this entire picture is a galaxy. What's a galaxy? A cloud of 100 billion stars. How many, how many galaxies are in that picture? Well, a lot. Take the number of galaxies in that picture, count how many there would be in the whole sky, you would learn that there are a trillion galaxies in the sky. Well, what's a trillion galaxies? Well, 10 dump, tr dump trucks full of sand is a trillion grains of sand, okay? Great, so imagine we have 10 dump trucks full of sand. Every one of those grains of sand 
is a galaxy. You go and look at closely at one of those grains of sand, you discover that the grain of sand is actually a dump truck full of sand. And each of those grains of sand is a star. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Now, I just wanted you to picture trying to find the Earth in the universe. I mean, that's already a miracle that I can't imagine. But Jesus, well, he knew where Earth was because he made it, as well as those trillion, 100 billion trillion stars. So this is a very small part of all things. So John continues, the true light that gives light to every, everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and, through, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to what was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, yet another shocking statement, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. This incredible story of Christmas that God became man, dwelt among us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We can't hear that enough today. It's wonderful. So this morning, uh, the scripture reading is going to be from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 41 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain, you who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord come with power as he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. 
he gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Ushers, please come forward with the offering. To all guests, please feel free to join us in the offering if you feel so led. However, this is entirely optional. Please join me in prayer. Lord, show me the desert, the wasteland within me, and let me trust that you will bring new life and build a path to you within me. Thank you for this opportunity to give back to you the fruits of our harvest. Please bless our offering as well as the people of this church. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Stand up, please. Thank you. We sing this song. Oh, God. 
We're so glad you're here today. This is a fun time of the year for a lot of us, isn't it? Would you agree? Yeah? For some of you, are like, yeah, I got to be at church on Sunday morning. Uh, on Christmas Day, no less. Uh. But, but for some of us, it's fun. You get up, and some of you maybe you have traditions. In, in our home, we get up early, and the kids are just frantically ready to do stuff. And, and they have certain expectations. And Heather and I, every year, we kind of wrestle with, you know, what do we do? Do we push back on some stuff? And some of you already think I'm Scrooge, as it is. But we, we kind of wrestle with some stuff. We push back on some stuff. Do we, do we read Mark's Christmas account, which is like three words? Or do we subjugate them to the long version found in the book of Luke? where we'll spend like half an hour reading it, and, you know, and then, oh, let's open, pre- or, and, and then do you have a long breakfast? Like, is that part of your tradition? John talked about his crock pot, but like, do some of you like pull out all the different pork products and do the whole thing? I mean, what kind of fun traditions do you have in your home? And well, we got a couple, and, and we like doing some of those things, but sometimes, even though Christmas is full of fun stuff, sometimes it can distract us from the most important life-transforming part of the whole deal. And I want to just read you one verse today that may rock your socks if it hasn't every year. And it comes from the book of Matthew, and here's the verse. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that simple verse? Have you ever contemplated that? What's going on? I mean, could you imagine the scene? Even think about Mary. She's like sitting down with mom and dad for breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever they were doing back in the Middle East there. Hey, mom, dad, I'm pregnant. The Holy Spirit has conceived in me. And poor dad, he's probably like got juice in his mouth, right? (laughs) Right? And it just, and then, and poor mom too. And then, and then, if you think about this story, she, she then has to sit down with her fiance, Joseph. Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. The Holy Spirit is conceived in me. Same deal, I'm sure. (laughs) Now, if you ever study Hebrew, it's a very guttural language, so they were probably spitting all the time as it is. (laughs) But, But if you think about what is that? The Holy Spirit conceived in her? The virgin, have you ever contemplated that, thought about that, struggled through that? And here's the thing, here's the most important thing. Either Christmas is the dumbest thing in all human history, or it's the most important. Either it's the dumbest idea in all of humanity has ever heard of, or it's the most important thing. There is no middle ground. There's none. Nada. None. Zitch. Zilch. Nil. None. So either 
your person A. Okay? Your person A. Or as I like to refer, well, we'll get there in a second. Your person A, and you're like, ah, 25th's coming around. I, I like Christmas. It's a great time of the year. Get a couple days off work, get away from school, get away from the studies, you know, take in some food, get a bit of a rest in, maybe sing some carols, uh, get some presents. Yeah, it's a fun time of year. And if you're person A, thinking about, but man, can you believe that doofus over there actually believes in the virgin birth? What an idiot. What a doofus. Or your person B. And person B's like, God came down 2,000 years ago. God interrupted time and space, came down to save us, forgive us, came down as a child, conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary to bring us hope, to bring us life, to bring us eternal peace. Could you imagine being like doofus over there who only believes in like stuff and, and like job, career path, those kind of things that aren't even eternal? And my Christmas challenge for you today, God's Christmas challenge for all of you is, do you want to be doofus number A or doofus number B? Or to simplify this, what kind of doofus are you today? What kind of doofus are you? Do you believe in this, or sorry, do you completely think that this whole thing is just this made-up idea by the church and the Bible, and it's the most ridiculous thing in all of history? Or do you believe what Luke and Mark, Matthew record in the Bible, what we've been given, that God interrupted and came down to bring us hope, came down in the child, came down in the virgin birth? Because the answer to that question changes everything. Everything. Many of you might be familiar with a guy named Larry King. Larry King was an a interviewer for many, many years, perhaps the top one of the 20th century. He was asked one time, what is the most important per who's the most important person you could ever interview? And he said, Jesus Christ. And the person who was interviewing him said, and what would you ask them? And he said, did the virgin birth actually happen? Why is that so important? Because that question alone, if the answer is yes, it changes everything. It changes everything for all of us here. If you're doofus A, well, then everyone's been believing this lie, this ridiculous story. But if you're doofus B, your worldview, your life trajectory, everything must be reorientated to that idea that Jesus came down, that God came down and he came down for you and I. Over the years, I've, I've um, 
had, I've had several different jobs. I've um, worked for different farmers in, 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 in different occupations on that field. I've, I've worked in grocery stores. I've, um, I, I, I was even a fireworks distribution manager for many years. You can see my career trajectory through there, can't you? And I would sit down with my coworkers in these different times and places, and I'd try to have spiritual conversations with them. And it was never happening, except when Christmas rolls around, everybody becomes a theologian. And everybody starts singing these carols. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. And all these people would never have spiritual conversations with me at any other time of the year. They start singing these songs, and I start scratching my head. Do you have any idea what you're saying? You're either A... Or your B, there is no middle ground. See, Christmas is this confrontation. And you've got to make a decision. Because God, his word, what he did through Jesus is coming in. And he's coming in to interrupt your... Let me read this verse again. There is no middle ground. Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. What does this mean for our lives? What does this mean for us today? A lot of us, this time of the season, we go full throttle. You already have the rest of the day plan, maybe in the rest of the week. You got full throttle things to do. And you're also thinking about, man, I got to make money. I got to spend money. I got to be here, there, whatever. And here's the message of Christmas. God wants to interrupt and enter in to your money. Enter into how you're spending money. Enter into your career path. Enter into your trajectory. I already read that verse a couple times. I won't do it again. But think about Mary. She probably had a plan. Maybe she was 13, 14 at the time. She, had, she was betrothed or somehow engaged to this guy named Joseph. She had at least the next year figured out. Maybe the career path was already chosen for her. And all of a sudden, it's like... I'm pregnant! God did not come down and say, hey, hey, Mary, can you schedule in a pregnancy into your day planner for me? Here's the memo. He comes in and he interrupts her flow, her, 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 her plan, her life trajectory, and he wants to do the same thing to every one of you. He wants to get your attention he wants to come in, and he's asking, are you person A, or are you person B? Because there is no middle ground. I mean, could you imagine how difficult it must have been for Joseph, even for Mary's family? They had plans, yet God interrupted their plans and said, I'm going to come down, and, can, and the Holy Spirit's going to conceive in you. Could you even imagine having to raise God if you're Mary and Joseph, you're trying to raise God. It's like, I'm sure there are times they, they caught themselves and they said to Jesus, hey, we're your parents, we know what's best. Actually, you don't. 
and he interrupted the, and, and, and God came down. And for a lot of us, sadly, this is not a fun time of the year. I know I opened with that statement. Christmas for a lot of us is a time of loss. And it's a time of hurt and pain. And back then in Mary and Joseph's day, God came down when there was a dictator on the throne. When there was refugees all over the place, there was poverty, high taxation. Even in the story itself, the potential of divorce, family, messed up family dynamics. There was all sorts of turmoil and pain and sorrow. Yet God did not stand aloof. God did not stand back. God came down and entered into their chaos and entered into their uh, their turmoil to bring hope, everlasting peace, everlasting joy, everlasting life. He rolled up his sleeves and says, I want to come down. I want to enter into your life. And so you got a decision because there's no sitting on the fence with this one. Christmas confronts you. You can either be person A and say, I don't believe in the whole thing or person B. I accept it. I accept what God did 2,000 years ago through that virgin birth. And I'm going to let what Christ has done reorientate my entire life and transform me. Don't let pride keep you from this today. Move from just maybe amazement or curiosity or questions to faith. Study this story. Look at this stuff. Understand that crib one day led to a cross. That one day he died for you instead of you because of you and arose from the dead and he offers forgiveness to all of you today if you ask him to. Move from being doofus A to being doofus B the best decision you'll ever make. Jesus, you are salvation. Jesus, you are with us. Jesus, you are Emmanuel. May we come to that place and may this Christmas season your life be interrupted by the one and only true God. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for that simple verse, which I'm sure most of us have heard hundreds, if not thousands of times and we gloss over it. God, today, may you interrupt even our thinking. If we're trying to think we can sit on the fence with this stuff and keep it at arm's length, help us to cross over, cross that threshold. We know there's a risk. We know it's going to change the trajectory of everything. We know it's going to change our whole paradigms because it's going to change everything. And you're standing there, and you want to go through that journey with us. And so you've, you've given us uh, this confrontation. And it's not, it's not something we can just sit back and let just stay static anymore. Holy Spirit, as you came and you conceived in Mary those many years ago, today may you move in each and every one of our lives, pushing us confronting us and moving us to stop living like person A. 
and being the kind of person that you created us and you made us and you form us and you invite us to be like. Interrupt our, interrupt our day, interrupt our season, and interrupt our lives, our career paths, our thinking, and our, and our plans with your greater plan. Thanks for what you did 2,000 years ago. Thank you for coming down into our mess so that we could have the best life possible for, through you. In your precious name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand up and uh, finish up our, let's say, a party, spiritual party, because we're celebrating the birth of a shepherd. And then uh, we're going to go home. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That guidance we bring to you and your kin. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hallelujah. Go in peace. May you have a great holiday. Bless you all. And we'll see you next Sunday for a great breakfast brunch worshiping our Jesus. See you next week. <laughs>